Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to look for the Law Enforcement Today Radio Show all over social media. We're on Facebook. Look for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. On MeWe.com, look for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. On Twitter, follow L-E-T Radio Show P-O-1. On Instagram, follow L-E-T Radio Show Podcast. On Parlor.com, search for Law Enforcement Today L-E-T. On Rumble, look for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. And on Gab.com, search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Again, our website is letradioshow.com. Hope to see you online soon. Calling us from Anne Arundel County, Maryland, we have retired police corporal Andrew Clossing on the phone. Andrew, thanks for being a guest on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Very much appreciated. Well, thank you for having me. Should I call you Andrew, Andy, or Corporal? Andy works fine. Okay. The funny thing is, I retired as a sergeant. My wife never calls me Sarge. It just, <laughs> so, uh, you call me Jay. And for those who don't know, Anne Arundel County is just south of Baltimore. Anne Arundel County, you have Glen Burnie, you have uh, Crofton, you have Annapolis, and it's uh, an area between Baltimore and it's close to Baltimore and there's Washington, D.C., but you've also got Fort Meade, a lot of military presence there as well. Correct. Yeah, we are just north. We are south of uh, Baltimore and north of Annapolis. Annapolis actually is in Anne Arundel County, but they do have their own police department. Well, here's the thing about uh, Annapolis. By the way, their chief, Chief Jackson, I worked with in Baltimore Police Department. He issued a statement that prohibited his officers from wearing the thin blue line mask and in uniform, saying as a political statement. And I've got to say, I, I, I'm not sure what politics he's referring to. We worked the same streets at uh, the same time, encountered the same thing, and had the same brothers and sisters maimed, mauled, and killed in the line of duty for that thin blue line. So uh, I take exception to that. But I, I'm going to get off my high horse, my soapbox, and we're here to talk about your story. You, you did a full career in Anne Arundel County, right? I did. I did 20 years. That's a long time in that area. And I have to confess, back in the day when I was a Baltimore City Police, and by the way, we teased each other a lot. Anne Arundel County, Baltimore County, Baltimore City, Maryland State Police. We wrote each other, but there was a kinship and there was a bond. And when push came to shove, we would always have each other's back. There's just no denying that. There is definitely no denying that. In fact, I dated a Baltimore City Police officer for about a year. Oh, good for you. And you uh, also were born and raised in Baltimore, weren't you? I was born on the east side of Baltimore in the old, in the in what you would refer to as the southeast. Gotcha, gotcha. And we'll go back to that a little bit later on. First, bird's eye view, your police career from start to finish. Started in 1988 when I, uh, I actually had applied for three different departments pretty much simultaneously or one right behind the other. I started out applying for the Maryland State Police. 
Then I applied for the the United States Secret Service Uniform Division, and at the same time with uh, Anne Arundel County. And they had me the first ones that said, hey, you want to come talk to us? Uh, Maryland State Police, I went through a lot and uh, was told after my interview that I probably would not be selected. Gotcha. Gotcha. It was funny. I was already a sergeant at that point, and I started in 1980, and uh, back then... I was living in Southern Maryland in St. Mary's County, and they weren't hiring. You had to be a veteran with a college degree uh, to, to even be considered. Or, and Maryland State Police were not hiring. And the only people that were hiring a lot was Baltimore. And by the way, nothing's changed. They're still very short, and it's probably even worse than it was when I was on the job. Yeah, I do believe. I believe uh, the last I saw Baltimore City was down three Two to three thousand officers. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite quite a bit. Um, so your career, you started in nineteen eighty eight and retired after twenty years. Yes, I did. Two thousand July first of two thousand eight was my last official day. And did you pretty much just stay in patrol, or what we call patrol uniform patrol, or did you go to different divisions? No, I uh, I moved around a little bit. Um, I started out in the Northern District, which had been up in Brooklyn, but I covered the uh, Freetown area of Anne Arundel County, which was at the time considered a open-air drug market. Uh, I, I did such a good job, I guess, I was transferred to the narcotics section. And uh, then I worked uh, part-time in the aviation unit and then wound up uh, back on patrol with the Eastern District for 12 years on the midnight shift. And then finished up my career on shift work down in the Southern District. And, and again, I want to, the people who are listening, Anne Arundel County, and I go back to my days in policing, I thought they had it easy. I thought, mistakenly so, that, that their job was so much easier than ours. And the reality is, Anne Arundel County butts up right against Baltimore City and has a lot of overflow. And, and we always say this uh, criminals travel, uh, and they didn't just stay in their neighborhood they traveled all around as a matter of fact when i was detailed the dea and was working a big uh, very violent jamaican drug organization uh, one of their primary residences and stash houses was uh, in anne arundel county not too far from crofton i actually worked a case in narcotics that took me up into baltimore city isn't it funny how that goes Is i it- worked with uh, the narcotics section up at the southern district it's amazing. So th- I was wrong. I was 100% wrong. They had it tough, just like we did. Uh, the joke is that they we used to say they got take-home cars, they got all their uniforms, heck, they gave them underwear and socks, and they probably gave them meals as well. But that was just my, our petty jealousy. We didn't have any of that stuff. There's a lot of things going on currently, policing-wise. Let's just rephrase that. There's a huge anti-police climate going on. The news, politicians, news media, social media, Hollywood, the whole nine yards. If you had the chance to go back into policing now, given the current climate, would you do it? You know, that's a hard question to answer. I still miss the job even after 12 years, but I'm glad that I'm gone. You, you drive down the road in your personal vehicle now and not your take-home police car, which you city guys got jealous about. Um, it just, um, I mean, that was, a, that was a perk of the job. I mean, that was really something that 
would uh, attract people. And when I first came on, I didn't live in Anne Arundel County, so I didn't get a take-home car. Gotcha. You know, you're driving down the road, and you hear the sirens, and you see one go flying past you at, you know, 70, 80, 90 miles an hour, and your adrenaline starts to go, and you just, you, you never get it out of your system. But with the way things are nowadays, I'm happy to be working as a contractor for the federal government. I don't blame you one bit. When we turn to our conversation with Andrew Clossing, Andy, we're going to call him, we're going to talk more about some big misconceptions that the American public has about policing, in particular, use of force. One of the questions I get all the time is, how can I show my support for law enforcement? Well, we're all busy. You probably can't go to a protest march. You probably can't go picket somewhere. But there's something very simple you can do with Facebook. When you see a post that you agree with, that you like, share it to your page. It's just that simple. Think of it this way. Facebook has about 2 billion registered users worldwide. So you can make a difference. And one of the best places to find great posts about law enforcement, our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Click like and follow. And when you see posts that you like, you agree with, especially episodes of the radio show and podcast, be sure to share it on your social media. Again, do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Be sure to click like and follow. And then show your support by sharing. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance or Medicare, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-756-8720-800-756-8720-800-756-8720-800-756-8720. That's 800-756-8720. Catch all the episodes of Law Enforcement Today show as a podcast for free. Do a Google search for Law Enforcement Today podcast or just go to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, and you'll find us right there. Return conversation with Andy Clossing, he's a retired corporal from Anne Arundel County Police Department in Maryland. We're talking for a to break about if I had to go back into policing with the current climate, would you do it? And you gave a good answer. And I, I for one, love the policing. And I, I still do. And I love the people I worked with. However, I've had relatives that wanted to consider going to policing, and I had to discourage them. And, and basically, what it boiled down to is I, I told them it's a great job, it's a great career. It's a great way to serve the public, but if you aren't prepared to go through the absolute worst stuff that you ever could imagine and give up a lot, don't do it. And don't expect a lot of support politically nowadays uh, from the elected officials. 
that is quite true. Um, you know, Anne Arundel County was totally different from Baltimore City, though. And when I worked the Southern District, which would have covered Lothian, Harwood, Deal, those people down there loved the police. And I repeat, loved the police. They were your friend. They would talk to you when you went into a convenience store, when you could find one. There was no Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King down there. It was little mom-pa diners and restaurants where it was like your grandmother cooked the food. When you went in, you were a god. I mean, they brought you in. They put, they set you at a table. And it was, hey, anything on the menu you want, it's half price on us. You know, we, we're glad you're here. You know, it just, uh, you know, I know up in the city, it was a lot worse, but people have to realize one thing. You know, they say all cops are bad. Think about this. You have 50 states in the United States. How many police departments do you have in each of those states? How many police officers do you have in the United States? If one does something wrong, does that make all of us bad? You know, think about a banker. If he steals $10 from the bank and gets caught, does that make all bankers bad? If a house blows down, does that make all builders bad? No, absolutely not. But when so it comes should, to police, it does. be just only for police? I, I agree. And, and back when I was policing in Baltimore, and by the way, in, in the toughest crime areas, uh, there wasn't always a lot of animosity. A lot of things you talked about uh, were the same. People loved seeing you. As a matter of fact, I would go so far as to say, with this big defund the police movement that we have, the people who don't want that the most are the people who live in the highest crime areas that depend on the police more than anybody. The people who push defund the police the most tend to be the people living in gated communities that can afford their own private security. That, that does make sense. We have here in Anne Arundel County, we have a community called Gibson Island. It's set aside. It has a guard shack technically outside with an armed guard in it and a bridge that goes onto Gibson Island. They have their own police department. I, I think the thing that gets me the most is, you know, you get people who they don't realize what we really do for a living, how it, how it affects us and how we, how we operate. You know, we go out there. Our shift was in Anne Arundel County was from 7 to 3.30 3 to 11.30 or 11 to, to 7 and you overlap the half hour we worked on holidays we worked on our birthdays we worked Christmas we worked New Year's we worked Thanksgiving and those holidays nothing's open you know, there's nothing we worked on the 4th of July you know, it could be 100 degrees out Yeah. but you know what there was never that person who said you know what we're having a cookout we're having a party at our house Let's pick up the phone and call the local police department and tell them, hey, if you've got an officer in the area, come stop by. Man. We're going we're to get him a cheeseburger or a, or a hot dog and a, and, a, and a cold drink and just say thank you. Never happened. And I would say that it's you there it's, when they wanted you there. Yeah, I, I would say a lot of it's changed. And uh, most of us, most people, they don't have dealings with the police. They, if you get pulled over, I'm going to tell you right now, people say, I'm nervous when I get pulled over police. I'm retired police. I'm in, I have not been pulled over in a long time. 
but I get nervous when there are police behind me. I'm like, I'm doing something wrong. Is this going to be a ticket? Is it going to cost me hundreds of dollars? Uh, I get nervous. All those things we talk about that you just mentioned, Andy, I think, and I don't know. I've been out of the game for a while, but people I know who are still policing, they say uh, that it is ratcheted up quite a bit. And thanks in, in large part to, I blame Hollywood, I blame the television news media, I blame the print media, uh, social media as well. One of the biggest misconceptions they have is police use of force, in particular police use of deadly force uh, involving having to pull out your gun and, and shoot someone. Uh, I tell people I was involved in four shootings in, in a little over 10 years. Uh, the first two, I never returned fire because I knew immediately, instinctually, the threat was over. It, it just That's just the way it was. The second two were totally different affairs. Thank goodness all four people, or five people, uh, no one was seriously injured. One guy was shot in the wrist. No one was killed. Everybody survived. One of them ended my career. That's a big misconception people have, that, that, that police automatically pull their gun and start firing. You know, the, the misconception is, too, is you don't put on your uniform and walk out of your house with the intention of killing somebody or shooting somebody. You have seconds to make a decision, but people have weeks, months, years to Monday morning quarterback it. And even these days now, you have the, you know, we're in the day and age of body cameras and there's cameras everywhere. And even when you show people a video of little Johnny or little Bobby pulling a gun from their waistband and pointing it at a police officer, we're wrong for shooting him. But if he did that to a citizen and we didn't shoot him, we'd be the bad guy again. Yeah. And bad guys, regardless, you know, we, we never, we never show up at somebody's house for something good. Mr. Jones beats up Mrs. Jones. When you get there, Mrs. Jones has got a bloody lip, a busted nose, a black eye. You go to lock up Mr. Jones for domestic assault. You're the bad guy. And automatically, guess what happens? The whole family will jump on you and fight you. This is the Law Enforcement Show. We are talking with retired police corporal Andy Clossing from Anne Arundel County Police Department. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Remember in the beginning when you first started to build a life for you and your family? You never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-709-4389-800-709-4389-800-709-4389. That's 800-709-4389. 
Ever find yourself in a situation where you can't listen to the whole Law Enforcement Today show? Never fear. Past episodes are available online as a podcast, and you can listen for free. That's right. The Law Enforcement Today podcast is free. Do a Google search for Law Enforcement Today podcast, or simply go to letradioshow.com and click the Be Heard tab. Back to our conversation with retired police corporal Andy Clossing, retired from the Enron County Police Department. Andy, before we end the break, we start talking about misconceptions the public has about policing. In particular, one is police-involved shootings, officer-involved shootings, a term that really didn't exist when I first started policing. Uh, it was a shooting or, or not. That's all it was. Uh, have you, in your career, been involved in a police use of deadly force where you had to shoot somebody? I was involved in a police-involved shooting uh, about four years before I retired. So somewhere in the area about 2004, I believe it was. Is it safe to say that that incident changed you? You know, it never really bothered me. But I know officers that I worked with who were really, they one went out with post-traumatic post-traumatic stress disorder. It bothered him from the minute he pulled the trigger. And it's just how you are mentally ready to do your job, I guess, would be the best description. Are you mentally capable? You know, are you ready to handle the good or the bad as well as the good? I've met some guys that it didn't phase them at all and others that were crushed. And I think one of the things that we tend to lose sight of, and, and I'm going to interrupt right here. Police can be some of the most judgmental people that I know. Say, well, if I was there, I'd have done this, or shouldn't. What seems to be missing from the equation is everything that led up to that incident that that officer's been through, uh, that we don't often take consideration. For example, you said you were okay, and others really struggled with it. What happened during that incident? Uh, we got. I was actually sitting probably a couple of miles from where the incident happened with uh, with my side partner. You know, police sit door to door. I'm sure people see it all the time. And we're talking about the day's event. We were only an hour, about an hour away from shift change. And we got a, 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 nor, a technically what I would consider to be just a normal call. It was a subject armed with a gun running from the Annapolis Mall. And, I mean, it's 10 o'clock at night. The mall's closed. The stores are closed. But that little, that, that hair on the back of your neck stands up and says, wait a minute. Those stores just closed. They're making night deposits. They're doing this. They're doing that. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a priority call. And so we hit the lights and siren and took off one behind the other one. And our lieutenant got on the radio and said, downgrade the call, which they have the right to do. So they downgraded it to a lower priority, kill your lights, kill your siren. My cell phone went off about three seconds later. It was my side partner. He said, no. And I said the same thing. Let's get it. So we turned the lights and siren back on and got there. He said, I'll take the mall. You go to where he ran and come to find out it was an armed robbery. Woman was making a night deposit uh, from one of the stores that she worked in. Gentleman came up behind her, put a gun into her back and took the deposit bag and he took off running. Well, I just happened probably within a minute of him saying it was an armed robbery he and I came eye to eye and uh, matched the description. 
I, I was kind of in limbo of to either get out of my car because of where we were, so I followed him in my car while he walked. And uh, then we got to probably about uh, 30, 40 feet away from each other. And uh, I said, this is definitely him. So I drew. I gave verbal commands. His, his hands were down in his pants. And technically, there was a few explicitives uh, shown yep. or said. And I told him point blank, pretty much, show me your hands or I'm going to blow your head off. Because I knew I now had the guy. Well, since he had stretchy those stretchy pants on with the elastic waistband, your hands can come out sideways. Well, his hand came straight up, almost like he was trying to hit his elbow into his chin. Training knowledge and experience kick in. That's that's what happens. That's what good cops do. You're, you, you revert back to your training, knowledge, and experience. And then I fired. He took off running. We got into a foot pursuit. And uh, training knowledge and experience kind of fell by the wayside because I forgot to pop my radio out of the console. And uh, I gave up the foot pursuit because I didn't have any way of getting in contact with anybody. So it went on for a few hours, and they did find him cowering behind some air conditioning units of an apartment building uh, right around the corner from the actual shooting location. Took him into custody. They found two guns and the bank deposit bag. When you talked about that, Andy, first things that happened to me is I started recalling the reaction I got when you dealt with someone, the, you, your instincts, your police instincts, your gut instinct, whatever terminology people want to use, starts telling you, this is the guy. And it's, this isn't a false alarm. This isn't a fake call. This isn't a misunderstanding. This is the guy, and it's a real deal, and he's, and he's armed, and he's ready to go. Uh, and... I don't know how quite to describe it to people who aren't in policing, but it's, you can tell. It just doesn't mean you're never wrong. Sometimes you are. But when it's a real deal and you can tell, there's no other feeling quite like it. It's, the longer you do it, you you just gain more of what we used to call your spidey sense. You know you're right, you know what you got, and you know that you have to do what you have to do. There's something that happens when, or when I was policing, for, for lack of better words. And when the people knew, this is going to sound confusing, when they knew that you knew that they were the bad guy and they were armed, it was a totally different scenario than some guy walking the street just trying to hide a gun. You know, I retired 12 years ago, and I'm going on the same amount of time that you've been gone, so that the people we dealt with at that time were a little more complacent. They 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 knew they were caught, and it wasn't now the, I'm going to fight you in the middle of the street, I'm going to scream and holler to the top of my lungs, I'm going to be Perry Mason on the street corner, I'm going to defend myself to a guy who's just there to lock me up and do his job. Nowadays, you know, everybody's got a law degree, Everybody's got a video camera. You're not dealing with, now you're not dealing with one person. You're dealing with a crowd. And you don't know who's his friend, who's not his friend, who's your friend, and who's not your friend. So there's just so many things that go through your head now that you never thought about back then. It was, sir, you're under arrest for, for, for theft. Okay, you got me. Put the cuffs on them, put them in your car, take them to the station. 
fingerprint, photograph, paperwork, commissioner's office. The day was done. So fortunately, you survived that. When when he pulled his arm out of his pants, that was what we referred to as combat shooting stance. Well, his arm came straight up, and that was my cue right then and there, that there was the good chance that he was trying to or going to or trying to produce a weapon because of the way he was pulling his hands out. And like I said, my training kicked in, and I just remember saying, the use of deadly force is justified. I'm now in fear that if he gets his hand out and there is a weapon in his hand, he's going to shoot me. The very important part you hit on there is is fear. When we return, we're going to talk more about that and uh, fear for your life and the reason why that terminology is used. This is Law Enforcement Today show. We're talking with a retired police corporal. I'm going to call him Andy. Andrew Clossing from the Anne Arundel County Police Department. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you wondering where you can find more great podcasts? Head to letradioshow.com, click Be Heard, and discover other fantastic podcasts like this one. Also available on our free app, all at letradioshow.com. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603 That's 800-451-8603 There's only one official Facebook page. What you do, you do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. Click like and follow. There you'll find updates about upcoming episodes of the radio show. You can contact me. We also find unique, one-of-a-kind editorials and news articles. That is our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Be sure to click like and follow. We'll see you there. Back to our conversation with Andy Clossing. Andy is a retired police corporal from Anne Arundel County, Maryland Police Department. Before we end a break, we're talking about uh, the shooting you were involved in. Uh, and it sounds like... Uh, the suspect survived. Yes, yeah, there was there was there's actually nobody was hit by any rounds. That's even better. Look, it's people think how can there be shots fired and someone's not hit all the time? Quite often, that's not the case, and they happen very quickly, very fast, and from short distances. Quite often, one of the things you start talking about before we went to break that I think is extremely misunderstood. I hear people say, well, if they're afraid, they should quit. They should find another job. The term fear for your life or fear for imminent bodily harm, what that was taught to me is, look, I can't testify in court to what the the suspect's mindset was, but I can tell you what mine was. And when there comes a point where, and I'll, I'll say this, 
the last shooting I was involved in, it became very clear to me. I remember having the thought, this man's trying to kill me and I'm going to die, but it's not going to be tonight and it won't be because of what he's doing. And if that, in legal terms, would be fear for your life. Um, and at that point, it was very primitive. I don't know where it came from, but I got very, very aggressive. I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, you're... My, my job at the time, when I left the house, you know, my wife and I always said, I love you, and she always said, be careful. And when I got in the car, because like I said, we had take-home cars, so it was parked right outside my house. I was proud of that car. That car was cleaner than my house. That, that was my home for probably about 10 hours a day. And my job was to come home come home to my family people people, normal people in the street don't have to worry about that their worry is if i cross the street will i get hit by a car i just won't cross the street my job is no matter where i go it can go from zero to 60 in a matter of seconds not i see the car coming i better get out of its way i've seen i've seen officers shoot people i i witnessed it with an emotionally disturbed person who decided to pull a knife and come after four SWAT officers who was in his house to get him out because he was holding his girlfriend hostage in a in the bedroom. He was shot three times. These things never bothered me. I mean, people don't realize what we see every day. You know, people, normal people who work don't see when you go to an accident, the aftermath of an accident. I've seen a decapitation. I've seen multiple amputations. People don't understand what Southern District of Anne Arundel County really is. They've never been down there. It's windy, single-lane roads with speed limits of 45 to 55 miles an hour. Oh, it's a beautiful area. It's absolutely beautiful. It's an absolutely beautiful, but gorgeous area. It can be life-ending. You can roll your window down and right. smell the fresh air. Yeah, and but it, you're right. It's winding roads, and... Even areas like that, there is, when I say extreme violence, I don't mean always criminal violence. Let's just say trauma. There could be extreme trauma from vehicle accidents. They could be from house fires. And never underestimate the amount of violence one family can inflict on another family member. Loved ones attacking each other. To this day, I still don't comprehend, but I know it happens because I've seen it. Very much so. Southern Anne Arundel County probably had the majority of fatal car accidents, motorcycle accidents, than any place in Anne Arundel County. And it's a huge area. And like I said, people haven't been down there to see it. I, I encourage people to go down there and see Southern Anne Arundel County. It's beautiful. It's But it is, I guess there's a false sense of security down there. And uh, things when things get out of hand, Southern District of Anne Arundel County is the worst area to be. That holds the record for the most police officers shot in one night. There was an incident before I came on where I believe four or five officers were shot at the same time when the same incident. It's one of those areas. And this goes to another conversation. People that live in rural areas or very nice suburban areas where they say nothing really happens and they see police that have 
an AR or patrol ri- a rifle in their car, or they'll see them with a heavily armored vehicle for special SWAT circumstances and go, man, my police don't need that. It's over-militarization. They don't need that stuff. They don't seem to re- realize that even in those remote, nice areas, bad stuff happens. And when it happens, if you're not prepared, if you don't have the necessary equipment, lives are going to be lost. Very, very true. I remember traveling from the Annapolis Mall to Deal the day after the blizzard in 2000 or whatever that area was there where we had the back-to-back blizzards because I had an AR-15 in my car. And I traveled probably 40 minutes to get to the scene of where a man shot his wife and then barricaded himself in the house. You know, I stood out in a half a foot of muck and snow and ice to the point where I thought I was a duck. Um, it was cold. It was wet. And I was given a position and told, if he comes out of that house with a gun, you do what you have to do to end this thing. And that's exactly what it is. End it. And right Why now, roll around all day in these vehicles? They're parked 99% of the time. Right. But I tell you what, when you need them, those guys are there. And I would stake my life for a SWAT-trained officer half the time. Oh, yeah. Because they are the best of the best. That's the way they were in my department as well. Uh, one of the things I want to go back to the conversation, you said the shooting you're involved in never really bothered you emotionally or, or psychologically. How would you rate the rest of what you endured during your 20-year police career, especially all the traumatic accidents? My my philosophy was always do not let it bother you because if it does, you're done because it will haunt you for your entire career. I've, I've probably seen it all in my 20 years. And a lot of people say you've probably never seen everything. I have seen the remnants of a family torn apart by suicides. I've been the first officer on the scene of a suicide, and I mean seconds after it happened. You know, imagine the worst thing that the regular citizen has ever seen in their entire life. Oh, they saw a, a dog get run over by a car or a cat or, or even a, a, a wild animal, a deer or something like that. Imagine walking into a house where you heard the gunshot and you actually find, as bad as it sounds, pieces of skull and brains. Oh, yeah to the ceiling or oh, to yeah. a wall. Yeah, and uh, quite often I, I tell people this, a lot of times people go to hotels for that and that's why they check in. And I remember being, before I was even police, I was driving a taxi cab in Virginia and a woman at the airport showed up. She said her husband never came to pick her up and I gave her a ride home. His car was in the driveway. It was at night. She said, can you bring the luggage in? Something didn't feel right. I was probably like 18 and he is a retired military officer, and, and he died by suicide from gunshot wound to the mouth. And there's nothing about that that is, it's nothing like Hollywood. And it's not, there's nothing that can prepare you for it. So, uh, unfortunately, everybody I know in law enforcement has gone through that, has had to do their job when they've encountered calls like that. People, people sometimes believe everything they see on TV. Yeah. That's, that's the only explanation I have to it. They see these old TV shows, these old cop shows, where 
Kojak pulls out his 38 snub nose five shot detective special and shoots a guy 100 yards away. <laughs> That's not happening that in real does life. Not and by it's the way, the, that is the most inaccurate gun on the face yeah. of the earth. And, and this whole thing of shoot them in the legs, that is not happening either. Andy Clossing, first of all, I want to thank you for your service. Secondly, thanks so much for being a guest on the Law Enforcement A Show. Very much appreciated. It was an absolute pleasure. Radio is and should always be free. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is also a podcast, and it is free. Costs you nothing. Do a Google search for Law Enforcement Today podcast, or go to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, and you'll find us right there. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.